Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And today we have a friend calling in from New Jersey. And you might recognize her from As the World Turns. Her name is Martha Byrne. Welcome to the show, Martha. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I'm really grateful to be here. Well, when you think about a, a soap opera star and a New York City cop, how did you hook up? <laughs> I went out one night. I had just moved back from California and I went out with my girlfriends and she said, my cousin's coming with his, with his cousins and this and that and a bunch of guys. And he walked in and I beelined for him because I thought he was absolutely gorgeous. And I knew his name was McMahon and I'm Byrne and we're Irish. And I thought that would be a great talking point to start the conversation. Within six months, we were engaged and bought a house together. We were in our twenties. We like, I was 23 at the time and we've been together ever since that was 1993. And we just, you know, we just totally hit it off. Like, you know, what he did for a living in a, as a New York City police officer was, to me, that was a real heroism in the world. You know, he was saving lives every day and he was taking guns off the street and he was going into burning buildings. And he was a school safety sergeant where he's saving kids from gangs. Like he was doing God's work every day. And I was entertaining people. And I feel like that was also an important role in the world to kind of keep people happy and entertained. So we made it really made a good couple. We both had very different careers, but also very exciting. And um, me in the public eye and him in the day-to-day, -day, the community eye, was both playing very important roles. So it just worked. And so now fast forward and we'll, we'll walk through, I like to kind of unearth the, the person, but fast mm -hmm. forward now, we've seen your husband's name in the press, Michael. Tell us a little bit about what that is. So my husband was an NYPD sergeant. He won 75 medals of honor while he was an NYPD on NYPD. He had such a career and he was in a severe car accident during a police chase, which ended his career in the NYPD. He was devastated. So he decided to become a private investigator just to kind of use the skills that he had and started working for defense attorneys. And he loved it. Like he became one of the most sought after PIs in the tri-state area of New Jersey, New York, did hundreds of cases, worked on federal cases, worked on high profile cases. I mean, he was having, a, his business was really booming. And then he gets a call, a very routine call in 2016 and very common, someone who was looking to find some assets that had been, someone had stolen money from a construction company in China, but the assets were here in New Jersey. So it's very routine case. He did that, found LLCs, found homes, found money, you know, very, very typical stuff. He actually hired two NYPD retired men to work with him on this case to do surveillance. He spoke to two federal agents about this case back in 2016. He worked on it for a couple of days, never thought about it again. And then on October 28th, 2020, they came to my house before dawn and arrested him in front of my kids for failure to register as a foreign agent, which again, we'll go back to that and stalking. It's so absurd to even say that out loud because again, you know, licensed private investigators 
news operations, insurance companies, surveillance is very, it's part of their daily routine. It's part of their, their livelihood. So to be charged with that was shocking because when he did surveillance on this case, he notified the local police five times that he was doing it. He told them his make and model of his car, that he was armed, where he was located. And the subject of his surveillance actually never even saw him uh, or his wife never saw him. So to be charged with that was just, first of all, made no sense. Second of all, to be charged with FARA, which you're hearing a little bit more now about Hunter Biden and you're hearing about other, you know, FARA has become kind of a topic on the news. So what FARA is, it's the failure to register as a foreign agent with the attorney general. So how that law works is that you have to know you're working for a foreign government. You have to know that that FARA exists and then you have to deliberately not register. So my husband was hired by a U.S.-based company. He was paid with a U.S. check. He worked for the company, um, a construction company, from what he was told and did nothing illegal, like very civil matter. But unbeknownst to him, these people were doing something in a different lane that was not okay with the government. Now, he had no idea what was going on. So, you know, we were fighting this for two and a half years. I mean, all the discovery shows his innocence. I mean, there's so much evidence of his innocence. He saved every email, text message, invoiced people for cash. Like he did everything by the book saved everything. Um, to this day, he still has his phone. Like the, the government never took his computers, his phones, his his cameras, his, his nothing, his guns. So we were perplexed. We're like, how is this even possible? Like, we're going to have, we're going to fight this, but they must have gotten this all wrong. And then for two and a half weeks of a trial in the Eastern District of New York, they tore him apart every single day. They created him as an, an unlawful person. We were not allowed to talk about his career in the NYPD. We were barred from doing that. If, if someone said hero cop objection, we were not allowed to talk about his good deeds, his history, his character, but they were allowed to throw him into this hell and smear him on a daily basis. We were also not allowed to bring in, there was a civil lawsuit against the subject of his surveillance that came about a few months after his surveillance, which had information in there about um, that my husband had found. We were not allowed to bring that into the trial. We were not allowed to show his entire interrogation video during the trial. We were up against it from day one. And then he was found guilty of three of these charges. Who was making these rules, I guess? The judge? It's the prosecutors. The prosecutors, you know, they say this has nothing to do with, you know, it's not irrelevant. It's like, well, if you're being charged with working for the Chinese government, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. don't you want to know the type of person that this is a no. And also he only made a few thousand dollars on this case. And which is, again, why would a man, again, his history shows his, his career. The fact that you can't bring that as admissible into your, to do your defense. I find that in this country to be shocking. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, it's like you're accusing somebody of, of, of murder and they were a priest and that was living in a, in a, in a monastery in, you know, the hills of Italy. It's like, it's so the antithesis of what he is that he would never betray his country. His whole life has been dedicated to be the betterment of others. Why would so, you so not be able is, to say that? So what these other two pieces, you had a company here that hired mm-hmm. him. Yep. And then I guess this company was backed by this company in China? No. So it was a translation company in New York, Queens, New York, a legitimate, yep. 
legitimate translation company, has been in business since 2015. they were hired because the client was Chinese. But again, this is very common in, in PI work yeah. that you'll have. Let's say it was Germany. Let's say it was Ireland. Let's say it was another country that didn't, they, they still have business here. And they are, that's his, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. the, and then his clients who were here and he spoke to were, spoke English and said it was the company and that they were looking for assets and they wanted to find, you know, properties. This was, this was again, very routine. So the, the man that met with him gave him an alias. Turned out my husband didn't know that until he was arrested, that that was a, this man who was he was working with his, he was using a different name. And that was news to my husband because all the documentation that he had said one thing. But again, what, was, what my husband did, there was nothing illegal about what he did. There was no crime. You're allowed to do business. You're allowed to take a client. You're a sole proprietor. You're allowed to do basic work. But the fact that these people were now off doing something different away from mm-hmm. him in a separate lane, the government bridged those two because the people that were responsible fled the country. Gotcha. So this is why this is very important. So in April so of you 2000... Had two, you had two work for hires, right? So you had a work for hire in the US and then you had a work, then they had a work for hire, which was your husband. Does not right, work so, for hire? Does that legality of work for hire not come into it, play here as well? That's what I'm saying. Like you're, you're allowed to take a job. Like there's nothing illegal yeah. about what he did. It's, I try to, and this is kind of my analysis. It's like you're, you're painting a house. You're a sole mm-hmm. proprietor and you get money to paint the house. The man who paints, who's paying you to paint the house goes down the road and plans a bank robbery. Are you responsible for his bank, his, what he does when he goes to rob the bank? No, you're doing a job, right? You're separated from that person. But because the government and the FBI let these, the actual, the actual bad guys, the Chinese agents flee the country on their watch, by the way, who was left? My husband. And gotcha. there was a case created and they took legal work, which is very scary. They've criminalized the private investigative business from, I mean, it's very scary. If, if legal PI work is now a federal crime, the entire industry's done. Insurance companies do this all the time because they have to follow a person to make sure they're not cheating them on the, in their insurance. It happens all the time. News organizations mm-hmm. follow people, paparazzi follow people, public streets. There's nothing illegal about that. So we kept thinking, well, of course, you know, the course, this is going to come out and it's going to be, be exonerated. And I think it's important for people to understand something. The timing is very important because this is down back in 2016, 17, when, you know, China was not as much on the radar as it is now, first of all. But the FBI, we saw it in court. The case agent in this case interviewed one of the Chinese agents in the airport. And the day apparently something bad had happened, knew something bad had happened and let the guy flee and go to China. We saw it actually happen. He said, I hope you make your flight. I'm going to make sure you make your flight. The FBI lets him flee. They let him come back six months later, interview him again. And he goes again. In the four years of this investigation, the FBI never interviewed my husband. They never interviewed the other four members of law enforcement that were connected to this case in their entire investigation. It makes you wonder. It makes you scratch your head going, how is that even possible? Why would you utilize the people who are law enforcement, who are very edu- I mean, very high high ranking people, um, as part of this investigation? So, you know, we're 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 still we're fighting this. It is shocking. The FBI did it did not do the proper investigation here, and my family has now been sacrificed for that. And I find it to be unforgivable what they've done to my mm-hmm. husband, to my family, um, and we're filing motions in a few weeks to uh, dismiss this case. And we'll continue to fight it. I have experience in New Jersey. And believe it or not, most people in the area in New Jersey, I mean, they play by the rules. 
Sure. You know, and they do the right thing. I mean, sometimes there's things that are rough around the edges, but especially when you take someone who's a, a cop, you know, and just having that, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the environment in general. I understand the environment in general and, and especially someone in your husband's position, you know, probably 98%, 99% of the time, they do the right thing procedurally. You know, there's just kind of a mindset. Call the local police because I want to make sure that you know, this is very, this is what you do. Like he goes, yeah. he always says like when I was on the NYPD, I would, I would call the local precinct, wherever we're going into, if we're doing a, you know, a buy bust, you know, drug, you know, undercover de- drug and stuff or gun buys and things like that. You tell the, lo- the, the precinct, you tell the locals so that they know that something's going on. It's to protect the neighborhood. It's to make sure that there's no, you know, that it's, it's, it's procedural. You know, that's something he does. I mean, the guy saved, I mean, he did invoices for cash. He did surveillance reports for his clients. Like he did everything right. And he even gave over all the evidence when he was arrested. He said, here, take, you know, he said, send them emails, everything. And they ended up using that against him in court. They would put it up on screen. It said provided by defendant McMahon. It's like, this guy's trying to help you. He's trying to solve this problem for you. And you turn it against him and you mm-hmm. and you destroy him. Why would a guy, first of all, a couple of things. He spent, he's 55 years old, okay? He took the mm-hmm. NYPD test when he was 16 years old. He dedicated his life to the betterment of others, to service. Why would one day he wake up and go, yeah, I'm going to work for the Chinese government for a few grand. It's obscene. I I just don't, how do we even get here in the first place? You know, it's, it's truly scary for every unit. Every American citizen should really be concerned about this because if they can take legal work in a small business and start turning it into something criminal, nobody's safe. No, if it's us today, it's the barber tomorrow. It's the, like I said, the painter the next day. It's if they need a case and they need to create a case and they don't care, they'll sacrifice you because they need to get the case. This is not how our justice system is supposed to work. You know, and I know where's the rub that you think, where's the rub that what if they're trying to put your husband out here on a limb, you know, where's the rub? What is, do you have any lawyers or something that's is trying to figure that out for you? Well, I think, I think first of all, it's China. I said, if this were a different yeah. country, we would be having this conversation. It was a check the box case for China. The China initiative came in in 2018 under Jeff Sessions and then William Barr. And there was a mandate, a mandate to bring in Chinese cases in 2018. And one of them was in the Eastern District of New York. Like, you have to bring in cases and you can use FARA to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which means getting search warrants, you know, doing this, using failure to register in a foreign agent. Now, again, I don't know what evidence they had to get search warrants on my husband. I'm, sh- I, I can't believe they even were able to based on what are the evidence that I've, that we have, but that's besides the point. So it was China. And this was the first Fox hunt case, like operation Fox hunt that came to a trial. And it was, a, it was this national security box, you know, like check about China that we're doing something about China. But the scary thing is nothing was done about China in this case, because the actual players that were involved in this, they were running around this country since 2016, 17, 15, you know, and they let them go. The mm-hmm. FBI let them go. So is that a win for our country? Is our security any better? No. Is it's still happening? Yes. So private investigators were targeted in 2016. They knew that. The FBI knew that and did not warn them. They didn't talk to the local police where these operations were going on in New Jersey. To this day, I went to talk to them a few months ago and I said, have you ever heard about this? They said, absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. So they're not doing anything. <laughs> it's yeah. it's on paper. It's like, woohoo. 
But to this day, PIs are still getting targeted and local law enforcement isn't aware of these these operations and what to look out for. So it's an optics case. And my husband was a scapegoat for it. And it's wrong. If they had done their job in 2016 and started warning PIs and say, look out, or by the way, there were other cases where they did work with PIs and they did warn them and they did work with the FBI. So if it's not illegal there, why is it illegal for my husband? You see, there's, they, they can't figure it out. They couldn't quite mm-hmm. figure out what this, what this looks like. And, and we've suffered for it um, because of that those decisions. And in, in leading up to this, before something like this happens to your family, how many kids do you have? We have three. Three kids. How old are your kids? 25, 20, and 17. My daughter's 17. So your normal family in New Jersey, what, I mean, what's your mindset in your 50s? You know, husband's a cop, you, you're you a soap opera star. You've you had a good life, right? You yep. have three good Perfect. kids. So, Perfect so life. What, Perfect How life. I mean, we were talking about what our next steps and phase was going to be in our lives. We were planning for where we were going to be in 10 years and like, what where, where are we going to go in our lives and travel and kind of, you know, we've had, we, we actually said to each other, it's so, so strange. You know, a few months before this happened, my husband and I were having this conversation, a conversation and we said, you know, we've had such a blessed life. We've gotten to travel and, and, and meet people and, and have these incredible experiences in our lives. We've been so blessed. What a way to spend our next 20 years of our lives to kind of just enjoy the, the, the experiences that we've had in our past and kind of live our lives. And then and then your life turns into hell. And the only thing I can describe it as, I've tried it, people said, how do you feel, right? There's only one thing I can compare it to in my life. And it's not death, shockingly. Death is is something that we all have, a, we've all, we all have to deal with in our lives, right? At some point, someone passes away, you mourn them, it's terrible, but you, you know that it's final, right? It's something that you, you mourn. This is different. It's when my daughter was born, she was rushed into ICU and they intubated her. They put a tube down her throat, put her lungs, and she was touch and go for a while. And I think that's the closest thing I can get to how you feel because it's somebody that you love more than anything in the world that you would switch places with in a second to take away their pain. That's how I feel. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about my husband. This man is a good human being. He spent his life being the best dad, husband. He coached kids. He helped kids who were falsely accused of murder. He did investigations pro bono to help them get exonerated. He worked, he, he stopped a, a robbery by our house of a 90-year-old woman a few months ago. Even though he's in this horrible situation, right? He could have kept going. He's, he was in his car. He could have kept going, going, well, I don't want to get involved. No, he turned around and he stopped a robbery of a 90-year-old woman in the bank parking lot because that's who he is. So with my daughter, she's this perfect angel, this new baby who's who's done nothing in her life to deserve such pain. And then you have my husband who's dedicated his life and his unselfishness to help. He's given everything to other people, everything, everything to other people. And to hear him be attacked and treated like garbage every day was almost too much for me to take. And I, it is, it is unforgivable what they did to him in that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Courtroom and smeared him day after day after day and, and not being able to defend yourself and say, no, and I, I swear there were so many days I just wanted to stand up and go, stop. This is an assault on an innocent man day after day. And his kids, my son was there and had to hear that one day. I mean, how do they sleep at night? I, I, I don't understand how they can just justify this treatment knowing he's innocent see this is the thing they know they know he's innocent because i've seen the exact same evidence that they have seen i have read discovery i read through tens of thousands of pages of this case they know he's innocent and there's so much we couldn't put in for whatever reason well you know the the federal laws and the guardrails that are put up are so difficult to navigate um so i i can't i don't really know what to do except give our tell our story you know, yeah. when we came out after this, because they can't, they, they can't just have their version of what, what is out there. They, the, the people have to understand and know what really happened here and let them decide for themselves if they hear our facts, but they'll get well, out. See, they'll get out. It'll all get out eventually. Well, he has a lot of history. Obviously they know his history. Yeah. He had a good career. So now you have this good career and your own people. I mean, your own people are, are come after you. Right. So what, what is he, you know, as of today, what is he facing and what, you know, what are you going to have to do to move forward? Well, he, his first words about this, and I'm glad you brought this up was betrayal. He feels completely betrayed by the department of justice because, you know, he's worked on federal cases. He's testified in federal cases. He's been, he's been on their same side in many times, in many situations. So he feels completely betrayed that anybody would think or create a case around him after what he's his dedication and what he's d- done uh, for law enforcement, for the community. So now we, f- we file motions to dismiss the case based on things that happened in court, which are horrifying. And we hope that, that we get somewhere with that. You know, we hope that there's some, some, some justice in that. And then if not, we continue and we move to an appeal. You know, if he's sentenced then we appeal it and we keep going until he's completely exonerated. I mean, he did nothing wrong. I mean, I, I know people say, but it's like he literally didn't, he did not commit any crime. Um, mm-hmm. They can spin it all they want. They can put a stank on it all they want and make it look bad and make the fact that he put money in his, my account or joint account and not in his business account. If they want to make that look like it's a crime, 
to paint him as a bad person, I find that to be obscene, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not illegal. See, this is the thing. They would throw things out like this and that. It's like, but why can't you meet it? He met at a Panera Bread and got cash at a meeting. I said, wait a minute. So now you can't take a business meeting at a restaurant and cash is now an unacceptable form of payment for work in this country. Plus he invoiced for the cash, which you know, mm-hmm. showed up on the big screen. Like they tried to paint this, like this dark thing, which wasn't true. So, you know, it's hard. You don't want to have to go out all the time. And I don't want to, this is not what I want my purpose in life to be is to yeah. keep this. I don't because there's so much joy in the world. I have three beautiful children. I've had the most incredible friends and family who support us. Um, and the pipe hitter foundation, which, you know, they've been helping us with our fundraising. We, what we are very legal blessed. Fees? The legal fees. Oh, are probably a, oh my gosh. Exuberant. I don't even, I don't, I don't even look right now. I mean, I just, we just try to do what we can and, and, um, it's astronomical. You know, I mean, this, the sad part is the government wants to bankrupt you. They, they want to break you so that you'll take a plea deal and you, and you feel, and you're emotionally debilitated, financially debilitated. But my husband committed no crime and he will never stand in front of a judge and lie and say he did something he didn't do. So we have to fight this. You know, you, you have to, so again, the Pipe Hitter Foundation, if you go to Pipe Hitter, Pipe Hitter, H, HitterFoundation.org, and Michael McMahon, if you see who they support, they're a phenomenal organization, and they've helped us a tremendous amount in this, helping us with our financial, uh, for our defense fund. But our, our lawyers are incredible and, and patient and believe in Mike. And they said, we'll never abandon you. We're there. We're mm-hmm. here for you, for you to the end. Because remember, my husband worked for lawyers after he retired. He worked for mostly defense attorneys, but some of the best yeah. ones. And they're like, we wanted this to be over so we could, you could come back to work for us because we miss you because you're such a great yeah. investigator, you know? So I don't have, I, you know, what he's facing. I mean, I don't even like to say it because I find it to be, it makes me sick to my stomach. The fact that this man would spend one second away from this home for doing nothing wrong is is not the way this country is supposed to function. I mean, I know what happens. I mean, my husband's worked on cases for people who are incarcerated falsely and he got, he's gotten them out. Like he's worked mm-hmm. on their behalf. He's like, I, I've seen this happen. Um, and it's I read tape I, too, right? Not red oh, tape. Yeah. Slow the process down. I mean, that's, it, I that's mean, again, especially in the federal, especially in the federal government, but I've been to DC. I've spoken to Byron Donalds. I spoke to Matt Gates. I spoke to Jim Jordan. I'm mean, not Jim Jordan. He got, he got my mail. Sorry. Um, uh, Richard Grinnell, who was a former d- director of national intelligence. I spoke, I spoke to him in DC, Richard Grinnell. And I said to him, I said, my husband, this is what happened. And the FBI spoke to Chinese agents over my husband. He goes, your husband should have been given a defense briefing. Anybody law enforcement connected to this case should have been given a defense briefing and warned. And I said, why wasn't he? And he said, someone decided not to. Hmm. I mean, the fact that that the former head director of national intelligence is saying my husband should have been warned that someone had come after him and the other, first of all, the other two federal agents and the other two NYPD guys should, should have been given a defense briefing. I thought, Hmm. what are we doing here? How does this happen? You know, um, it's, it's, it's very scary. I mean, I was really praying it would be over so we could be advocates again and go out and help more people who are facing this, which we still Mm -hmm. want to do. We still want to do that. Like we still want to be able to help people who are in these situations because it's so scary and they're so intimidating and they don't send discovery. You know, they, they, they wait months and months and months. And then you get a batch of, you know, 50,000 pages that you have to go through. And we got, you know, we were getting discovery like two weeks before the trial, like binders were showing up of stuff. It's like, do you think do you think these guys really go through all that stuff? These prosecutors, they really no. I mean, is it- I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I think, <laughs> no, I don't. 
I, yeah. I don't. I don't because you don't. Let me tell you something. They're supposed to. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. But I, I, there's so much evidence in there that he's innocent. I'm thinking maybe they missed a couple things. Okay. Because yeah. I'm like, if I saw that, I mean, what are they doing looking at? Are like there are credit card statements and like the invasiveness of it. Our privacy is decimated. I mean, every email, everything, our privacy was totally destroyed. You were, we were followed. You know, we had a drone over our house by the FBI. The, the two unmarked cars followed my husband to his doctor's appointments. Like we, you know, again, looking back now, we know who they were, right? Yeah. They were inside our, they were in our home. They, they, they violated the sanctity of my home and the, and the, and what I, what we built together as a family for, for 30 years, they tore it apart. They tore it apart mm -hmm. with a toothpick, you know, like toothpick. Like they, yeah. they look, they look, you are, your privacy is gone and yeah. you're sitting in a courtroom and you're sitting in a courtroom and you're looking at that case agent who's sitting five feet away from you and you know that he's been inside your life. And first of all, and by the way, not one FBI agent who investigated this case testified, not yeah. one that, that is unheard of that not one FBI agent who investigated it for four years testify. They brought in third party people to come in and read documents into the record, which is very telling. It's like, if you're so confident in this case, right? If this is such a big deal, why are you not testifying? And, and also, if this is such a national security case, right? This is a big deal for our country. This is, this is, this is so dangerous. What's going on here in the United States? Why wouldn't they bring in my husband and the other four law enforcement guys in 2016 and 17 and say, hey, come help us. Like we've got a bet something bad's going on here. We need your help. That yeah. never happened. But they, they're speaking to Chinese agents. You know, you think about all that detail. So yeah. if you have a process and they take this detail in and they filter through it and then they give these prosecutors certain parts of that mm. detail. Mm. Who's wonder who's you know wonder who's pushing the detail to those prosecutors because you know sometimes some of these prosecutors may not maybe they believe their own the narrative they're receiving you know because a, a lot of times point. you know a lot of times these people are not dialed in to some of the information That's who are out question. front like 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 were they were they aware of who my husband was yeah was the prosecutors under do they understand his background i mean yeah. we fi we filed prosecutorial misconduct motions against them against the do against doj in in, in um t a few right before in 21 i believe because my husband worked in a very high profile federal case which we feel may have been retaliation that this this arrest may have been a retaliation because of that case meanwhile he was working on it federally like so it wasn't like he was he was doing something our belief was that the perception of my husband within the fbi was not a favorable one for no reason like there was nothing legit there's no reason for it mm -hmm. so you got to wonder like what were they telling the prosecutors about who my husband was you know at some point the prosecutors have to take ownership of that right they have to say wait mm -hmm. a minute so at some point, someone decided to keep my husband in, you know, in 2017, I, I, I would say this point, if my husband did something wrong in April 2017, why didn't they arrest him in 2017? They knew it happened. They stopped the guy mm -hmm. at the airport who took off. He came back in the end of 17. If something illegal happened in April of 2017, why wasn't my husband brought in, arrested, the other NYPD guys with him? Why weren't they arrested for stalking or because there was no crime? There was yeah. no crime. And then the China initiative comes in in 2018 and all of a sudden it's like China, China, China. We got to get China. We got to get China. And I think my husband's case got pushed to the front of the line. And that's when a lot of things started to change. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there's a lot about this case that that is has a lot of question marks on it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not my job to, to answer them, but 
but people will. There's people looking into it and they're going to be interested. And with the FBI and what's been going on with the FBI in the last couple of years, uh, this falls right into the lane of what happened? Where did where did things go wrong? Um, yeah, I mean, it family, is very odd. An authentic thing is recurring. Why? This is a great quote. I think Steve Friend, I think he was on your show. He said, the FBI has to remember they are not secret agents. They are civil servants. After 9-11, we learned a very valuable lesson. You must share information to prevent harm. In this case, the FBI did not share information with within their own agencies, clearly, because the two federal agents that my husband spoke to knew nothing about any of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. within the local police, PI associations who are mostly law enforcement retired, by the way. So they kept their little secret. And because they did, there were crimes that happened on their watch over those four years. Okay. My husband, my life got decimated, unbeknownst to us. They were, in, you know, whatever. They allowed Chinese agents to flee this country. I mean, even in our court case, they had a big thing on the screen. It said 25 Chinese police officers went to Houston and trained. They also mm-hmm. went to Connecticut and were training. So, and they were going off and doing God knows what. And we weren't monitoring them properly, obviously, you know. So mm-hmm. that's the FBI. I mean, they knew that was, they knew they were here. You know, they, they were blatantly invited here. So because of their lack of not sharing information, give, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. If the FBI had told the local police that someone in their neighborhood was potentially going to be, you know, something was going on with them, they didn't even have to say what it was. If you see anything, you hear anything, here's our card, call us, right? So when my husband goes in to register as surveilling that street, there would have been a ping. There would have been a red, like a ping. Wait a minute. Yeah. And they would have called the FBI and said, get here now. Mr. McMahon is here with another one of his NYPD guys. They're doing surveillance. And you and I would not be having this conversation right now. Mm. But they never did that. Never, <laughs> never did that. So again, we we are as a nation less secure because there were not protocols put in place um, back then. And retroing it now and going after an innocent man to create an optics case that they're doing something is not fair to him. It's not fair to our country. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just not the way that my husband works in, as far as law enforcement or in his experience. Um, you know, he said in the NYPD used to have like a, a system. So let's say you re- you're running a plate or something for a case or, you know, whatever, or you're going into a neighborhood or a building, mm-hmm. he would get a ping that, say, that he would get a ping saying, don't go in. It's, you know, FBI is doing a sting operation for a, a drug gang or something. So the NYPD would know, stay away right now. We're doing something. So they were that back then with my husband, like in, in NYPD, there was a lot of communication, not here. And because mm-hmm. of that, a lot of, a lot of problems. Um, and now we're facing, now we're fighting it because now, now we're dealing with this for, I don't know how much longer, but you know, there's right or wrong. And if you're, if you're responsible, if you have a service, I always say this, you run a corporation or you're, you're responsible for a you know, your customer, whatever it is, you know, I think in a way uh, you got to know who's paying the bills. American people are paying the bills. Um, There's a responsibility to that, you know? So it just seems like the narrative has got convoluted and, I mean, I don't even know what to say to you. I mean, because I no, can understand I how yeah. you can, you know, have a world turned upside down. You know, it's that's yeah. not. It's not how I, I look. If I if, if if this happened, I'm a very faithful person. I mean, I pray the rosary every day. I'm in church. I'm 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 going. God, just show me the way. <laughs> show me the way. What do we? What do you need me to do? I I'm really. I have a strong belief system, 
in that if God has given us this challenge, and I say that challenge in a light way because it's much more than a challenge, it's a suffering, it's a genuine suffering. It cannot be for nothing. There has to be a reason why we are put in this position to help other people, to give people hope that, you know, life goes on, you'll get through it. You know, I, I don't know yet. God will show us. He will show us what, what this is in the long run because I thought, okay, he'll be found out guilty. We'll, you know, we'll go work with the Pipe Hitter Foundation. We'll help other people. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. So I went, okay, God, what, what's the bigger picture here about what, what you want, what we, what do you use me, you know, use us as, as, as tools for your purpose. And, um, you know, just talking to you, you know, just getting the story out and maybe somebody will, you know, maybe we'll get a whistleblower. Maybe we'll get somebody within the FBI mm-hmm. who says, you know, I saw something and it made me so uncomfortable. What was going on with your husband? I had to speak out. Maybe somebody retires. Maybe somebody has a conscience. Maybe somebody uh, is heartbroken by what they've seen. You know, again, speaking to all the congressmen before this, I mean, several, I must have spoken to 15 congressmen before the trial. I hope they step up now that this has happened no. and do what they can to rectify this if they can. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it can't hurt. <laughs> Let's put mm-hmm. it that way to have their support, uh, public support. I don't count on it, but I, I pray for it. I really hope that more people will come out and, and say this was wrong and we can do better here in this country. We can do better. And, Absolutely. and our country deserves a justice system that is, is balanced. And, you know, I, was, I know a former U.S. attorney from the Eastern District. I know him well. He used to work his work there for his work there for years, and he said, "You know, when I worked there, he goes, I if you were innocent, like we got you out of it, like we moved along, like we did everything to keep if, if you if it showed that you were not guilty, you know, not not part of this, we we got rid of you because we want to win, like we want to get to the finish line with the people who have actually committed these crimes, but the people that actually did it were gone in this case. Mm-hmm. So now you're left with um, my husband, which is it's just sad." super sad for, for, for all of us. Well, Martha, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story. Um, and I wish you the best. I think collectively, if we, as a human being and human society, uh, can come together and get on the positive side of life. Uh, I think that's the only way we can do anything about this, this kind of stuff. So good can always shine, you know, through, through darkness, right? It's like the truth must always be the last man standing, right? It has to be the good guys have to win. That's how mm-hmm. every movie ends, right? That the good guy has to win. It's so rare that we you see something where it's like the bad ones, you know, the bad people who are, are trying to take away a man's liberty and his integrity. I mean, the good mm-hmm. guy has to win in the end. I mean, I've been part of show business. I wrote, I've written scripts yeah. and movies and television, and I'm writing a script right now that is... You have a movie right now. I, I, I know. I mean, I'm living it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, but I've already written the ending. It's like, I want I want it to be the happy part yeah. where we all go into the sunset and go down to the Jersey Shore and say, wow, what was that? I just need to get there. Again, the path that it takes is not up to me. It's up to the big guy. <laughs> I try to maneuver it and not... not uh, not be broken by it and still just stick to the right, you know, moving forward. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I got a feeling it's going to turn around for you. God bless. And I hope you, I, I hope so. I really yeah. I wish you. Michael the best. And this has been uh, Martha Byrne and I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.